This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, good morning. I'm Sherrod Kutten with Julian Ng and Ibrahim Sunny bringing you the SM show. Uh, the question for us today is uh, Are we going into a bear market? Not B A R E, bear market is a market <laughs> that has nothing to offer, but a bear market as this in growl. Is- this is really historic because, Sharad, uh, is this your first time uh, hosting the SNM show? No, I, I've been, I've hosted the SNM show before. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I expect this to be the height of excitement. <laughs> it's going to top the last time especially, I was on the SNM show. Especially when we have to explain uh, what the, a bear, bear is. Market, right? Bear market, yeah. It's a prolonged market downturn, stock market downturn, not an economic downturn, but just for players in the market. It's bad news. Well, it's bad news, but it's also just part of the the structure of markets, right? Markets go up and down. They have a cyclical, uh, cyclical nature, yeah. and you know, and you can in fact expect market to go down if it's going up all the time. There's there's something you call a correction, isn't there? Oh well, wow! Yeah, yes, there is. There is this thing called correction. There's also profit taking season, um, where uh, you know players. Uh, sell down their holdings so that they can benefit from that high price, a high position that they're holding. Uh, and yes, what's the point of going up if you can't go down, right? Um, okay, I, I find that question hard to answer. But, you know, correction is a euphemism. It means that the market has gone down. Correction implying that uh, th- this long-term trend of the market is still an uptrend. But a correction means it's a temporary uh, come down. And the question for today is uh, whether the market is in correction mode or is there a bear market approaching? Can I ask you this, Julian? You know, when we talk about correction, is it that we're also assuming that the value of the market has to somehow have some correlation to the real economy, things out there in the world, as it were, and that a correction is uh, finding a closer correlation between the, the, the value of the market as a whole and the value of the economy? Isn't there some sort of uh, notional sense that that's what a correction is about? That's, yeah, I think that's what uh, they're trying to aim at uh, to have prices reflect the real world. But, you know, prices are forward-looking. So uh, it's based on expectations of the future. So people who trade in the stock market don't look at what happened today or yesterday, but uh, what will happen one week, one month, or one year hence from today. So uh, those expectations could be wrong. And that is when uh, you can have a correction or a downside, or the market could just jump up because your previous expectations were just too pessimistic. Yeah. I'm what I'm wondering if there are clear, unmistakable signs uh, whether or not we're approaching a bear market or a bull market. I think that's very key for us to have a look at. <laughs> it's very key if you're if you're out there trading in a market. Uh, I think that's the you know trillion dollar question because this bull market, this so-called bull market, has lasted a few years. Uh, good times, imagining good times going up and up and up, gravity-defying market. So a columnist here from MarketWatch.com, Jeff Reeves, and uh, which I might add is a unit of the Wall Street Journal. Um, he is uh, giving an opinion about the seven unmistakable signs uh, that a bear market is approaching. So uh, let's go through the list, I suppose. Uh, number one, he says that 
the Fed uh, could be a clear indication uh, on whether or not it will be a bear market. Um, he says that with the QE uh, ending more than a year ago in the beginning of what they call a normalization, and quote-unquote he says whatever that is, of rate policies, uh, he's arguing whether or not investors uh, don't have the same support from the Fed they once did. They can't basically read what the Fed is trying to do. So a lot of euphemisms in the market. It seems like market participants can't face the truth, right? Normalization is a euphemism for interest rates going up because markets hate interest rate rises uh, and in the past few years uh, interest rates have been close to zero and in fact many parts of the world today are experiencing the negative interest rates a phenomenon uh, and of course the US was brought out of uh, that that rut, that recession that they were going to go through and an almost economic collapse by a quantitative easing policy. And the Fed effectively ended that policy last year. And so this guy is saying right now that because uh, there is no more Fed support, the market is therefore uh, going to come down. So, okay, correct me, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So when you when we talk about the Fed going up, or interest rates going up in the U.S., we, we actually what we ought to be hearing is a big sucking sound, right? Basically, absolutely. Capital if you were Steven Spielberg or if you were God, you, you would be hearing that sound in nature right now. Uh, that's not quite unlike El Nino or La Nina or something like that. Right, and it's p- particularly uh, uh, acute in emerging markets because uh, they're sensitive to these uh, fluctuations in Fed interest rates, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, you know what they say, uh, when Wall Street sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. So it's very important to watch uh, the, the, bear, the pallbearer of the U.S. economy, which is the Fed. Uh, is the Malaysian market in particular, uh, is it, 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 does it follow with other emerging markets in this respect? Or, or are we I- even more sensitive very highly correlated, I, yeah. I would say, uh, to other uh, Asian or other emerging markets. And unfortunately, they're getting a, the emerging markets are getting a lot of bad press these days, you know, with what's happening in Russia, in Brazil. In South Africa as in, well. In this other yeah. country called Malaysia, you know, mm. thing, things mm. like that. Yeah. And uh, I think that political risk is going to be uh, in place as well, whether or not these um, emerging markets can actually face these kind of risks. Uh, but following back to the article, he did say, or he writes, one of the core, uh, reasons why he believes that this is a bear market is on consumer confidence because um, he's citing the con- conference board's April reading on consumer confidence uh, and he's citing a substantive decline uh, from month on month and basically this is a, an index decline for four straight months. I don't know, can we blame the expensive oil and gas prices? What do you think? Well, I think it's more than that because confidence is a really tenuous thing, right? What's the value of the ringgit? The value of the ringgit is what you believe the value is. Uh, And if you vote with your feet and with your money, uh, with your actions by buying foreign currencies, then uh, that confidence is gone. So it's it's so tenuous. And uh, you're right, uh, consumer confidence has been on the the downtrend. Uh, So is small business confidence. Small business is actually half of America's non-farm economy. They are one of the biggest employers in, in the American economy, um, and that has hit a two-year low. So this, this confidence thing is uh, coming to dog uh, people who believe in a bull run, uh, that the bull run yeah. will never end in this market. 
So I, I just watched something quite interesting on YouTube. It's a talk uh, that was given by Tun Daim Zainuddin, our former finance minister, close ally to Tun uh, Mahade. Um, he basically brings it or boils it down very simplistically on why he thinks the ringgit has fallen sharply against US dollar. Uh, one word he says in that interview, he says, no one trusts Malaysia and the ringgit anymore. And he says, the question now is, why hasn't uh, the confidence uh, uh, come back? Uh, what needs to be changed? So you can get that on YouTube, actually. He, he was actually the oracle uh, back in 93-94 when he predicted the stock market crash and he said that, uh, that that's the, I, I'm paraphrasing here there was no more value in the market uh, and you know people should sell the stock and the <laughs> next thing you know uh, that was the end of the great bull run of the 90s so uh, I, could this be the oracle of Malaysia but, but we're, we're, you're talking only about currencies but there's also conf consumer confidence in terms of buying things right and yeah. that affects companies so uh, you know companies that are listed in the stock market and you and know consumer and, companies right yeah. so even if in a bear market you could hold on to your stock because if you have uh, invested in a good company, it might actually still do well or buck the trend, couldn't it? Yeah, so uh, on this show, a few weeks ago, we interviewed James Hay, the founder of Pangolin. Now, he talks about uh, the fact that Pangolin Fund invests predominantly in consumer uh, companies like Nestle, like PNG and so on. And he says that blips are going to happen over, if you invest over a decade. These blips are not going to affect your uh, your investment strategy and that's why when you look at investing you're, you're taking a horizon a time horizon of say three four five decades I think that's important so there is there is a time frame uh, conundrum here a lot of the data that is uh, shown here are very short term in nature um, and they even cite uh, poor earnings quality even with the consumption companies the consumer companies and the utilities uh, in the first quarter of the United States reporting season they were not very encouraging and uh, which leads him to think that you know these are further support for the idea of bear market <laughs> uh, taking us to the the very important question of whether we're facing a bear market and we of course have uh, uh, yardsticks for that we have uh, the barometers include things like the Fed or earnings or small business confidence all of these point to a checklist uh, uh, about whether we're facing a bear market so going back to the Fed uh, being one of the primary reasons for instigating a bear market uh, another research has shown that the Fed wasn't even in the top 20 of market movers in the past year, China and oil were. Right, so Imagine that. That, that That's so <laughs> staggering. But then again, the Fed takes into account what's happening in China in their interest rate decisions. I guess uh, they can't run away from the fact that on, on one hand, the global economic situation is so fragile. But on the other hand, you can't have this kind of interest rates going on forever and hence the need to normalize or to have a period of rising interest rate, not least because uh, the negative interest rate phenomenon is affecting savers around the world. Yeah. Can I ask you for clarification on that? So when you said the Fed wasn't uh, part of the top 20 uh, sort of market movers, is it specific to the American market? Because we've just said that, you know, that uh, emerging markets are very sensitive to uh, movements in Fed? This is uh, more of a quantitative analysis. Uh, they, they actually 
come up with correlation numbers, uh, how much something affects a movement in prices. And they found that the Fed did not have as big a, a mathematical correlation to moving the market than, uh, than believed by the rest of the world. Right, Gl the global market, that, that's equity right. market. Okay. Both, both U.S. and global, because the U.S. market is a big part of the global market. So while, while it's rather, one can argue the definitive notion of this quantitative analysis, we also have to look into what assumptions they placed when they made this quantitative analysis. Sometimes uh, the assumptions can be played down and therefore you get a, a lower correlation. But if other assumptions are in place, uh, I'm, I'm basically questioning on the methodology on this. But uh, you know, uh, there is a lot of minds put into this study. I'm pretty sure it was done pretty well. Well, we don't know. I mean, but the, the question is, at least uh, with us, and we, we talk about the Fed a lot. I mean, we uh, we assume in our framing of discussions of business and uh, in markets that the Fed is uh, of prime importance, isn't it? Yeah. And the other thing about the Fed is that they are very data dependent. So they get that feedback loop from what they see in the economy. And if the economy is still sickly, then uh, that will stop them from going to uh, gung-ho about raising interest rates, right? Uh, so the other stuff uh, that's happening around the world right now, anemic GDP, or not only in the US, but around the world, um, this is very... Um, this goes against the argument uh, to, to say slow GDP... Uh, will cause us to enter into a bear market because slow GDP would cause the Fed to pause. And when the Fed pauses, that's good for the market. Mm -hmm. So it's it's very contradictory, I think. Right. So, okay, here you have, when you say an anemic GDP, we're looking at basically kind of recessionary situations for economies, right? Uh, people Recessions even. Right, right. So uh, reduction in production, people are not spending, and, and therefore there's this whole cycle, right? Uh, and that affects markets generally, doesn't it? In a negative, oh, there's a direct correlation, you know? A recession would be a uh, re result in a, in a bearish market. Yeah, but, but because people don't just stay idle and this is where I think Julian was mentioning um, it's rather contradictory because the Fed will pause and therefore it will uh, reverse that kind of action so well, potentially yeah right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, let, let's look at some of the other uh, two factors that uh, support the reason that we're going into a bear market. One is uh, what investors are doing. Uh, they are taking money off the table uh, and putting taking money away from risky assets, which have done very well over the past five, six years, and putting them into safer assets. This is called a risk-off action, and that's what investors are doing. Uh, so he's taking cue from um, the actions of investors. The other things are like uncertainties uh, like Brexit, uh, the Greek yeah. situation, Russia, Brazil, we talked about this. And this all adds to um, that support that this writer has for why we're going to a bear market. But I think it uh, still doesn't hit the nail because it's so short term, right? Everything he's looking at is very short term. But longer term aspects of a weak economy and the fact that markets have run up for so many years perhaps suggest that... Uh, you know, it's time for that, that big correction. Yeah, and I think uh, this whole time horizon is really important. Uh, when you talk about risk-off, for instance, right, the fund flow is going out of these countries, uh, out of these riskier investments. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're leaving the market altogether. It may mean it's a short-term measure that they're taking it out. They might put, put it back in. One thing that I might note is that much of these investments... Um, 
they are in the emerging markets uh, in Brazil, in Malaysia, uh, in Russia, uh, in South Africa, and so on. Uh, a lot of investors want like these kind of countries because of the perceived notion that they have high growth. Uh, they have uh, probably predetermined uh, risks that they can see and they can factor in when they make that investments. I think um, a better gauge would be uh, on longer term investments in emerging markets and whether or not people are coming in and out. I think that would be a better gauge on determining whether or not it's a bear market or otherwise. Well, okay, so Julian, I, what I hear you saying is that there's no consensus out there about whether we're approaching that correction. Uh, but even if I think there is a kind of cons- uh, understated consensus in the sense that many people are fearing right now. Okay, so there's a fear of a bear market. Yeah, because uh, they are still in a party and they're afraid that the party would end. <laughs> but the qu- So the question is, uh, I guess for anybody who's got investments in the stock market, in the local uh, bursts, whether they should be thinking of, you know, pulling out. I mean, this, you know, are there practical implications for a bear market? Or is it one of the situations where, you know, you would counsel, well, stay in, we've got a good stock, just, you know, keep your head down and uh, don't be uh, too upset by the... the, the well, the, when you, when you have a trading show like the SNM, it's very different from uh, a show like, for for instance, Ring It and Sense, right? Which is all about things other than the market and, and using financial assets just to help you achieve your financial objectives. But uh, a large section of people who are in the market are in it to trade the market and try to be in that prediction game of seeing where the market will go. And this affects them. This kind of thinking affects their psyche and uh, they got to make bets. They got to make wages. It's like what you do in a casino. You got to make bets, right, as to what the next roll of dice is going to be. Right, yeah. and because you're Mr. Long Term, so <laughs> I mean, for you, that's not a good thing. The the short term punters are actually uh, going to get the knickers in a twist in right. a situation of a bear market. So, so, so to to find that mix of long term versus short term, maybe we can talk a little bit about earnings quality, uh, both in the US as well as global markets. Uh, investment firm uh, FactSet actually has pegged blended quarterly earnings to be a decline. In fact, the index is down 7.1% when we talk about the S&P 500 uh, component companies. Does this uh, worry uh, the, the, the traders and the punters? Yeah, again, and the it, again, it's very short term, uh, but I guess that is what you call fundamental analysis. Um, there's this other um, benchmark, which is that right now, we are in the longest bull market correction. All right, I use correction in quotes here because our correction is hitting about uh, a year, uh, over 300 days. And that's the longest uh, in, in the history of bull market corrections. Uh, unprecedented, right? So the next move here, uh, the implication here is that the next move will be uh, a fall, a further fall, yeah. and a move into a bear market. Does because if you, don't, if you don't come out of a, ba- of a correction, that means you're just entering a bear market. Yeah. So does it mean that this is like the harder, the bigger you are, the harder you fall? Does it mean that the, bu- the bear market will not be sustained over a long time because of this long bull uh, market correction? No, I I think it just means that uh, you go back to expectations. Uh, A lot of people are still wanting the party to go on, Uh. right? And uh, this is a temporary lull in a party, like how uh, a strict parent has come into the room. (laughs) Oh, oh, the the drinks have ended and somebody said, I'm going to go to 7-Eleven and buy some more. (laughs) Uh, Just wait, huh? And and (laughs) these guys are saying, you know, that guy with the drinks would come back. Uh, But it's been 365 days since (laughs) and he's not come back. (laughs) He's lost his... Way, uh, that happens. Call the it happens. Himself. <laughs> oh, 
That, that's the other possibility. Well, okay, so uh, perhaps our discussion of um, whether we're entering into a bear market and all that needs to be put in place. I mean, if you're a punter uh, or not, uh, what this means for you uh, in, uh, you know, in the Malaysian board. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, you were listening to Julian Ng, uh, Ibrahim Sani. I'm Sharad Kutin signing off. Uh, this is BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.